0: an opportunity businesses can seize on right now is to start figuring out what are our guidelines for remote working what are our tools do we have the right tools in place to facilitate good remote working um, and is there a way that we can sort of innovate our business model um, to be more remote rather than just sort of uh, taking it I mean you know, necessity is the mother of invention. And figuring out ways in which they can encourage like actual innovation of their business model is gonna be really important.
1: Hey, my name is Innocent Mugenga and you're listening to the Learnability Podcast. An exploration of how society interacts with technology and you. In these COVID-19 quarantine days, we have launched a concept called A Pod A Day, where we aim to release a pod a day, a podcast a day, and that's work days, so that's five podcasts a week. We'll be talking to different people, reflecting on certain questions or concepts, and trying to stay in touch with you. So for that, we would like to get more of your questions in to the podcast. Visit learnability.online and you'll simply find where you can contribute with your questions or thoughts. Please do. Now, on to the episode. So yeah, like you said, it's really weird times do you feel like you've taken it in fully or like uh, what state
0: are you in i think i'm doing okay uh, good would be a, a, probably a stretch uh definitely feeling anxious i think there's a lot of uncertainty facing everyone at the moment and uh, no one really has any answers you know it's very difficult to know what the future looks like right now. It feels like
1: you can hear both the pessimistic side and the optimistic side and uh, both of them could be true at this stage.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think, you know, to reinforce the message uh, of, you know, being responsible in these times, you know, not socializing, staying at home when you can uh, is really important because... I feel like it's still not getting through. I mean, I've just read now that Belgium, Belgium's health minister has said lockdown in Belgium could continue for eight weeks.
1: Eight weeks,
0: damn. Yeah, um because numbers are still growing. And uh, the number of infections is still going up, even in lockdown.
1: I have a friend of mine who's from Australia And you posted like an article from there where people are going to the beach and just enjoying themselves.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that that's really uh, concerning at the moment is that I think the, the sort of severity of the situation hasn't really sunk in for, for most people. Um, you know, they're, they're maybe worried about, um, this going on for some time, but that feeling of everything's probably going to be okay. is sort of winning out and, while I do still believe, you know, this isn't the end of the world, Um, it's, uh, I think people are maybe not taking the recommendations or guidelines of government serious enough right now.
1: I definitely think there's a dose of that and uh, mixed communication and really uh, some leaders not being clear enough on the situation.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the UK has really changed its response over the last, sort of two to three weeks um, and with messaging getting increasingly starker and their their response and support getting better and better. And I know I often compliment the uh, current UK government but uh, to their credit the Prime Minister yesterday said um, you know follow the guidelines or it's going to get worse you know meaning that lockdown is inevitable if people continue to gather and go to you know, there's a, there's a picture from, uh, on the front page of a lot of papers out there today, um, from Columbia Fl- uh, Road flower market in London. And I missed that. So, so basically this is one of the, uh, every Sunday there's a big flower market in, on Columbia Road in, in East London. Um, and it's a very narrow street and all the flower stalls set up and you can go buy fresh flowers and plants and things like that. And there's a picture of it just jammed with people. It's mm-hmm. It's really like okay people are not understanding this um, properly uh, when you see pictures like that and when you see pictures like you know beaches full of people and yeah and um, you know it's it's so it's definitely you know uh, waiting to see how the next few weeks play out but um, anxiety is definitely like a sort of persistent feeling at the moment but how, how are you doing anyway
1: I guess I'm uh, I'm doing all right. Um I'm I think both of us are worried. Of course we're worried about the current health situation, but what's coming after that?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And the longer time it takes before people take this serious might prolong the time we need to be in this weird state where businesses are affected daily and yeah, we need to sort of get over this, uh, the worst, worst period of the actual virus to be able to get back to regular functioning businesses.
0: Definitely. And I think that, um, you know, understanding that right now, the more that we can avoid severe measures or the longer we can avoid them, the less the total economic impact is going to be. Yes. Um, you know, The UK is now closing restaurants and bars across the country and perhaps uh, Sweden should do the same. But, you know, businesses can function in Sweden now. People can commute into work if they absolutely need to. Public transport hasn't been shut down. Um, And by acting responsible, we can continue to enjoy that sort of freedom if we don't then lockdown is going to come into effect. Businesses are going to be further adversely affected and the total cost, of the total long-term cost is going to be exacerbated.
1: And it it feels like, I have this feeling of, if we take these measures of closing down business, which some countries are doing, but at the same time the people aren't taking the necessary measures, we're just half-assing it, which will just prolong it would be a cost on one side where you're still able to enjoy your life. And I guess
0: like it could be seen as sort of selfish. Selfish is definitely the word for, I think, Um, you know, you hear a lot of people saying that, you know, they're, they don't, they're not worried because it's not going to affect them because healthy people, healthy young people don't get adversely affected, which of course is not true if you're a smoker. You have any underlying unknown health conditions. You could be put yes. into a risk category. You could have, you could be diabetic, pre-diabetic. Um, you know, we don't know who's going to be the most adversely affected from this. And just by taking the decision to say, well, I'm fine. So I'll go out. You know, maybe you, in fact, you get, catch the infection, you have mild symptoms and you infect five or six people and one of them goes and sees their grandparents. Um, and those people are at risk, or maybe they have a parent who has a heart condition or lung, like a respiratory disorder. You know, you, you don't know the chain because it's the like, we don't know how to track who actually has it right now.
1: Exactly that. And that might not be tangible enough talking to these people. I just throwing this out. Do you think there's another way you could reach through uh, to people thinking like this? Like, let's say if you speak about the business aspect, that might uh, be able to break through. Or are we trying all the different tactics already?
0: I don't think so. I think that um, there are certain people who are going to respond very well to the economic side, but particularly governments, but businesses and business leaders need to be quite cautious with the economic side right now. Anxiety is already very high. Yeah. Um, And if they are to, you know, Announce drastic measures or the, the long-term risk that's sort of at play. I think it could further, uh, further worry people, which perhaps is not what they need right now, even if it is something they probably need to hear. So I think the unfortunate truth is that, um, it needs to get worse for people to realize. And
1: it's a hard balance there because you want, you, you want to keep the motivation up. But you also want some awareness of the severity of the situation to be there. So you're trying to strike that balance of, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's fear and
0: um,
1: motivation that it will get better. And it's hard, of
0: course. Yeah, it's very difficult. and I don't think that anyone is really equipped no. to handle this. I don't think politicians, business leaders, um, you know, anyone we look up to is really equipped to give us the answers we need right now.
1: Do you see that we will actually learn from this because this could be a great learning experience or do you just think like, okay, after this, we're on to the next, uh, news cycle?
0: Um, I mean, there are always winners and losers in these situations. I think the winners are already emerging, um, tech tools for health, um, um, remote facilitation tools such as Miro and Mural um online education and these are already you know picking up I see a lot of providers of online courses discounting their courses which of course is a measure to protect themselves but also an opportunity for others to upskill themselves digital marketing I think we're going to see in a massive uptick or we have already seen a massive uptick in uh, the activity online and um As this continues to stretch on for what could be, you know, the rest of the year, you know, 12 months maybe, um, where social distancing is still recommended, uh, those tools are going to become more and more part of our life, which as they become more normal and as the routine starts to feel less alien, um, I think it's inevitable that that's going to continue. Some of that will continue for some companies and some individuals after this ends. Um, of course, some will be just waiting for things to go back to how they were. But I think there are going to be a lot of uh, people who really do like sort of take hold of this opportunity to digitally market yourself, to remotely facilitate, uh, things to create tools which solve, pro- solve real problems that we're facing in the future.
1: I find that really interesting and uh, um it's of course really uh, bad circumstances, but if you want to uh, look at the positive optimistic side as well, I see the possibility for, like you said, some of these things actually sticking. Like uh, we've been talking a lot about uh, alternative education, the education mm-hmm. of tomorrow. We've been talking about the gig economy and alternative ways of working I never, of course, would have imagined that something like this would have happened and driven us towards um, uh, this future that felt sort of distant, but it felt like we are on the way to realizing the full potential of our digital, um, spending our time on these digital channels. And it feels like now we're pushed towards exploring how we really can create the same value digitally, which we've for so long learned that we need to do physically. And I'm talking about education, uh, to some extent, yeah, I'm talking definitely.
0: about remote working and socializing, you know, there's a lot of event organizers pivoting into digital spaces. We've talked a little bit about some of them. Uh, already. Exactly. Yeah. And, and uh, I think we'll see a lot more of that over the summer as, as, uh, event organizers realize that it's perhaps irresponsible to organize gatherings such as these for the foreseeable future. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see the long-term impact of this. Um, and I think, you know, an opportunity businesses can seize on right now is to start figuring out what are our guidelines for remote working? What are our tools? Do we have the right tools in place to facilitate good remote working? Um And is there a way that we can sort of innovate our business model um to be more remote rather than just sort of uh, taking it? I mean, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. And I would say all businesses now will probably be experiencing some degree of dip in the amount of profitable work that they're doing, probably an increase in excess capacity over the coming months. Yes. Figuring out ways in which they can encourage like actual innovation of their business model is going to be really important.
1: And that uh, ties into the long term, like we will need to switch for the long term. And in the short term, I've seen, I don't know if you saw this, but some interesting uh, solutions coming about and companies helping other companies. So some companies are having a harder time right now, while some companies, as you mentioned, are sort of having a, a, a boost right now. Yes. So there's this, um, uh, how do you call it? Healthcare company, Apothea in Sweden. They do medicine online, basically. And they're doing quite good. And I heard they're borrowing employees from other companies to, to manage their workload. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you seen more of these examples?
0: Um, I mean, I know that a lot of companies are like bolstering their workforces, uh, supermarkets in particular. Um, and, uh, I haven't seen a great deal of examples in tech, uh, right now, but I think that that's coming. I think, yeah. um, you know, one of the predictions I've read about uh, the next decade, even before this whole situation arose, was that we're going to see the rise of multi-business networks, um, which are a, it's a network of businesses that assist one another, drive, drive prospective clients to and from each other. And I think that we're going to see an acceleration of that as this uh, as this situation continues to sort of stretch on where cooperation becomes um, more optimal than competition.
1: That's a thread that would be really interesting to
0: follow. Yeah.
1: Uh, we've been talking a lot about like how we can enable wider collaborations and this seems like a movement going towards that.
0: Absolutely. I mean, there was a great story in um, from LA, I think, Uh where a sort of um, middleman uh, was connecting investors who were still cutting checks with startups um, and managing a list and connecting people, you know, because um, as we're well aware in these sorts of times, it's sort of logical that investment dries up, but there are still people out there, there are people who are looking for opportunities and being proactive and looking for those sorts of, um, you know, opportunities to help. Um, and to keep things moving is going to be really important. Um But also, you know, thinking to yourself, well, I have work coming in. Can I bring in a, you know, a peer uh to assist me with this and create a partnership, I think, is a great opportunity at this time. You know, it's going to create a lot of trust Very between good. And, um, uh, other businesses if you're seen to be helping rather than you seem to be sort of selfishly hoarding quite valuable resources um, mm-hmm. such as clients. You know, it's very easy for like me as a designer, for example, if I get a prospect and say like, "Yeah, great, I'll do everything," but maybe I'm not the best person to be doing their branding, and maybe I could split the split the work with a a branding designer, and um, you know, provide value that's more broad, but also create like a sort of better relationship with a branding designer. Um, and I think that at a business level, we're going to see more and more of that as well.
1: So it's really a time to practice, uh, abundance mindset rather than the scarcity mindset.
0: Yes, I think so. Um, if we, if we move into the scarcity mindset, then everyone will move into the scarcity mindset Yes, and then everything will become scarce. Resources will become stretched. We'll start worrying about, you know, oh, well I should do this project myself because I don't know when the next project is coming. Um, but the truth is if you engage with more people, grow your network online, grow your network, you know, just generally engaging with your network more regularly. And that perhaps you'll be front of mind when they have something, you know, if they, if you've thrown them a bone or you've helped them out, maybe six weeks when the tables have turned later, when the tables have turned, you'll see the opposite come back. Maybe it's, maybe it's even longer, six months down the line, who knows how long this situation will extend for. Um, and acting selfishly right now is not the way to act as we've said earlier. Uh, you know, Let's think, let's be responsible. Let's think of one another. Think of how we can help provide value. And drive progress. Yeah. Drive progress. Exactly. Really important.
1: Speaking of uh, sharing and uh, these weird times we're in now, I know you're a constant learner. We have a lot of interesting conversations about our most recent learnings and I really enjoy those and I'm glad we can have it remote here and on LearnAbility podcast as well. I've been wanting to have you on as a guest. Ah, So happy to be here. I was thinking you've probably been reading into some interesting topics. Do you have anything new, new learnings to share or what what are you into right now?
0: Um, Obviously remote working is a big topic. Oh yeah. Um, But my focus is still primarily on like upskilling in business design. Um, I'm actually undertaking a six week program at the moment called uh, the MBA, which is a program for designers to sort of build more business literacy.
1: Okay. Um, it was called the MBA, the D- MBA, D- MBA. Yes. And where is it found for anyone? if um, you, Uh, beyondusers.com.
0: Beyondusers.com. Yes. Beyondusers.com. And they also do a great business design podcast if anyone needs some listening. Oh. So, uh. I would highly we'll check recommend. that out. Um,
1: so, how far into that are you, and uh, right now, and
0: just gone into the fifth week. Yeah, um, and we've learned a lot about uh, a lot of different tools, um, industry analysis, competitive analysis, business models. Is the most recent uh, business strategies. Um, this week, we're going to learn about uh, prototyping with numbers. But I mm-hmm. think I'm um, sharing a little bit right now about the uh, previous like, like the week the business model innovation framework will be very useful to anyone who's currently finding themselves with some time uh, at their business. Um, basically the tool is, it's a called the magic triangle of business uh, models. Um, and I believe it's from a book called the business model navigator. Okay. And it It sounds like a
1: visual concept. Yes, exactly. Okay. Um,
0: So we'll try to explain it here. Yes. Uh, it's, it's, um, I can send you. I'll, I'll make sure there's a PDF that you can link to as oh, well. Oh yeah, thank um, you. But basically, it's uh, you know establishing the what, the how, the who, and the why of your business um, in very, very yeah. broad terms, and then you know the who is at the center; they're your customers. Uh, the what is at the top, the how is at the right, and the why is at the left, and the what and the who make your value proposition. Uh, the who and the how make your value chain and the who and the value, uh, the why make your revenue model. Um, Mm. and basically it's a really lean tool for like business models. So there's tools like the lean canvas, business model canvas that people use a lot, but these can be quite overwhelming to fill out. Yeah. But in defining your business in these really simple terms, it's really easy to get like an overview of what your business does. It sounds
1: like a great simplification as you can use the different parts and combine them differently to get several answers. So you're just not simplifying it, but you're uh, simplifying the m- main categories and then you can combine them yes. to get more information and answers to your
0: business. Absolutely. And the when the sort of the model for innovation, uh, the business model innovation element is you take two or more of the, uh, elements on this, this triangle, um, and you change them and you can do this very rapidly. You know, if you like, you know, how do we do what we do? Can we change that? You know, maybe a lot of businesses right now are figuring out how they provide services remotely. So yeah. that's one, but, um, just changing one results in like a product, like a product innovation, pricing innovation, or a service innovation. So, you know, if we change what we do, it's just a product innovation. If however we do it, it's service innovation and why we do it is value is pricing innovation.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, and, and if you have it visualized like that, you're still seeing the whole picture yes. easily while yes. you're changing one part. Exactly. You change the whole picture.
0: But in order for it to be a business model innovation, it needs to be two or more elements um, because that's how you actually change the business model, you have, it, you change two parameters on this uh, diagram. So your how and your why, for example. That constitutes a business model innovation because it's yep. a combination of multiple service and product factors or pricing factors, even changing your customers. Um, that fundamentally alters how your business does what they do. And I may be misquoting this, but I believe the BCG has done research that Companies that focus on business model innovation see a sort of 6% higher return on investment than on out in average than companies that focus on service product or pricing innovation. Um, so I think, you know, uh, looking at this tool and thinking like, okay, well, what happens if I do this, uh, change this and this? Like maybe instead of charging upfront, you can charge leases and instead of how you can work remotely and. Instead of face to face or you know instead of what you do it's you know advice instead of actual services or you know there's lots of ways in which you can explore different models and in the course you know we were looking at uh, a certain app and I was one of the ideas I explored is that they should create their own cryptocurrency and um, use that to finance themselves and it's mm-hmm. because it's such a lightweight tool it really does allow a lot of um, Quick thinking, um and then you just you know obviously you need to confirm, like explore and uh, hypo these everything you create you need to explore, and um, or everything you want to explore you need to test.
1: Oh yeah, so it's actually applicable.
0: Yeah, in the business. As, so it's actually like viability, desirability, and feasibility. Oh yeah, sort of elements that you need to look at. um And I won't go into those in too much detail right now, but I would encourage people to look into it in more detail. And I think, you know, this is the time to, to try new things. And, you know, if you're at a loose end, it's really, really important that you don't just wait and see what happens.
1: And just to, uh, like, clarify, I want to get into, like, who uh, could be interested in this or who could be getting into this. So I wanted to clarify uh, your current role and experience And then if you take that, like, who do you believe should explore this type of work or education?
0: Yeah. So I work as a UX lead currently, um, and a lot of the companies I work for have like very clear ideas about the product or the service that they want to provide. Um, and then very broad idea of the customers, um, and then. Somewhat hazy ideas of the how they make money, and you know it, there's elements of of everyone's canvas or uh, framework that are sh- weaker and stronger and I think oh, yeah. this is a useful tool for designers and um, thinking about business design you know how we how we can sort of inject value back into the business rather than focusing just on the product or the customer um, and relying on sort of others to. Uh, to facilitate the actual business model um i think uh, anyone with a sort of creative spark and some time on their hands should wouldn't would be able to have input here but i think particularly if you're you know an entrepreneur a founder business owner manager and uh, facing sort of difficult times this would be like a really interesting tool to explore um, and the prime time to do so because companies are looking for new solutions.
1: Yes. And I, would, I can even see like uh, from the marketing aspect, like how how do we break through in this uh, environment we're in right now? What value are we adding? And not just talking about adding value, but taking the step back to the business model and reassuring that you are adding value there.
0: Yes, absolutely. And then communicating yeah. that. Absolutely. I mean, um, I think there's a, a lot to do with trust at the moment and building that trust. Um, we've spoken a lot about this in the past and how yeah. trust is sort of the new currency. And by giving people like transparency on the things that they not, might not necessarily have the best view on right now, or perhaps their attention is elsewhere while they're firefighting or thinking about the, uh, worrying about the future to actually be able to sort of visualize things and visualize innovation, facilitate that in a very um, sort of lightweight way um, is going to be really important. But to business leaders, I also say that they need to empower their people to do so.
1: Definitely. And we speak in length about doing that and leadership leadership. There's no clear cut way of doing it, but it's, it's about the proactive work and taking that long way in, in encouraging trust
0: within your organization. Absolutely. I think it's, um, you know, people want to help right now. Yes. Um, And it may even be wanting to help just through self-preservation. Um, but it's still, there's still a desire there to go above and beyond um yes. you know people have more time on their hands for obvious reasons um people want to secure the future um and they're willing to some people at least are willing to sort of push further and uh i'm not saying that business leaders should a ha- should have to ask that of their people or expect their people to do that but um i do think that it's going to be there are going to be people in your organization, in all organizations right now, who are there to help yes. um, to secure their future and the business's future and uh, businesses acting to find those people, uh, pro- being proactive in finding those people and um, giving them the sort of, the room to yes. create that value.
1: The freedom, the trust,
0: the yes, autonomy. Exactly. exactly. Um, is going to be really important over the sort of, I think particularly the next month or two. But, you know, it's always going to be valuable.
1: Of course, because you never know when a situation like this would happen. No one knew this was showing up.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think, you know, proactivity always wins out. Um, and if you're out there and you're creating value consistently um, and taking a proactive approach always, then you are ready to go when something like this happens. You're not caught on the back foot straight yeah. away mm. um and uh you know we can't predict what's going to happen uh in the future nor should we really try that hard i think we should just be ready to take it on
1: yes that's really well put and uh, thank you for sharing some clarity of course it's still very uncertain how things will play out but i feel like you You're standing on stable ground, even though we're in these times. And it's always inspiring to hear your mentality
0: around hard questions like this. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely hard times and uh, not doing anything to downplay it. But I'm just, I think it's also a time for action. yeah Um, And it's an opportunity for anyone there who is not in a vulnerable position to be proactive and really to find a voice that provides value in the digital ecosystem or even just, you know, in your local community, people are yeah. doing so many great things at the moment.
1: It's beautiful to see really.
0: Yeah. I mean, the coming together of people has been really nice. Um, you know, people who are creating Facebook groups to make sure that vulnerable people can get their groceries. Um, yes. You know, it's, uh, it's heartwarming, you know, the donations to food banks still going and increasing and, um, you know, when we look at the, the news, it's really easy to see, oh, uh, this is really terrible and uh, everyone's you know, buying all the toilet roll and hoarding, oh, yeah. hoarding all the pasta, but um, there is still a lot of good out there and I, I hope that we continue to see more of that over the coming, coming weeks.
1: A lot of good and exactly, I think it's important that we keep up the spirit. Yes, definitely. To, to take us out, I want to ask you, what are you eager, besides this uh, current course you're into, what are you eager to learn within the near future?
0: Um, I think content creation for social media is top of my agenda now. Oh yeah. Um, so I, it's been something on my mind for quite some time. And I think that there is a lot of ways to you know, just create value and provide like you know, without an ulterior motive really, yeah. um, just to improve my own personal brand um yeah that's my main objective sort of the next few quarters to um to focus on building sort of real estate around my own name um and really you know reaching out to people and helping people to sort of understand what i've been learning distilling concepts down to digestible things so that yes i can I can sort of reciprocate the value that I've had from a lot of the people that I've been following for you know, many years now who share value um, freely and have inspired me to, to, to learn more and to be better. So I want to start re- like giving back.
1: I think that's a very good idea. And I can tell you a lot of the conversations we've had, there's a lot of uh, social media content in there so <laughs> in the future, I'll be uh, picking it out and sending you, this could be a post.
0: Yes, yes, definitely. I think it's going to be a good time to start learning about this. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of people talking about it and seeing what works and offering information freely or cheaply. Yes. Um, uh, so, you know, it's probably a good time to start actually doing it and stop making excuses for why I'm not doing it.
1: And to put some social pressure on you and make sure you actually do this, where can people find you on social media? Um, now they'll follow up and make sure you're doing this.
0: So you can tag me in the, where you, wherever you share this, uh, that's Eike uh, on LinkedIn. Um, yeah. I've just launched a new Instagram channel of uh, underscore David Finnegan on Instagram. i um, currently working through my initial content plan, but um, hopefully in the coming weeks, once I wrap up my current course, I'm going to start budgeting some time every week to produce uh, content and start sharing.
1: Great, man. I think that's a lot of uh, added value in our social channel. So I, I hope you do.
0: Yes. And keep on me and, you know, make sure to yes. follow up what's happening. <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> Great.
1: And I'll, I'll do it in a helpful way.
0: Yes. Thank you.
1: Great, man. We'll uh, speak more on Slack. Thank you for taking this call. Yeah, no problem. Talk to you later, man. You've been listening to the Learnability Podcast, and we hope you're safe wherever you are in the world. As mentioned, please get in touch with any questions or thoughts. You can actually send me an email directly at innocent at learnability.online or visit learnability.online and you'll find the details there. Until next time, stay curious.